what you're yelling for Lay back, it's all been done before And if you could only let it be You would say I like you the way you are When we're driving in your car And you're talking to me one-on-one -on -one, But you become somebody else Around everyone else You're watching your back Like you can't relax You're trying to be cool You look like a fool to me Tell me Why do you have to go and make things so complicated? I see the way you're acting like somebody else Gets me frustrated Life's like this You fall and you crawl and you break And you take what you get And you turn it into Honestly, you promise me I'm never gonna find you fake it No, no, no no, 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 no. Sometimes I wonder whether the song is so long that, you know, people are really going to get a bored listening to it and they just, you know, kind of push the fast forward button or whatever it is. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's too long. It's about a minute and 10 seconds. Um probably a little too long for an intro song so how are you doing guys this is more class bringing my next episode of the just a nobody podcast and uh, it's wonderful you know to be back it's sunday and it's exactly it's exactly 8 38 this sunday evening um and uh i think it's episode number 40 something i can't really remember but i hope you're all doing well uh because um it's a sunday so uh, every day of course doesn't feel like a sunday exactly it uh it just you know uh it just needs we just need to get back to normal like i'm getting desperate for it to really go back to normal because it's been too long it's been too long that you know uh for this whole thing and uh, i don't know about you but i am like literally uh just tired about you know living like this i mean we just need to get over it i hope it just happens very soon that's what i'm praying uh it does you know uh I, I, I don't know what you think about it but i'm just praying that we just get back to normal because uh yeah it's fun you know we never really thought that you could sit at home and work like uh, as if you were sitting in an office or in your workspace as normal and more efficiently as possible uh, effectively efficiently as possible that really is great we learned a new thing altogether but you know when everything else is closed where you have nothing else to do you know you're just locked up the only thing that you can do is just go out and kind of uh, take a walk take a jog take a, a go on a trail uh, do the stuff it's really getting a little too much because it's almost four months now since this has been happening this has happened uh, this lockdown thing and um social distancing thing has happened um i'm just praying that you know everything goes back to normal because it's just a little too much and um with with more of us you know just uh, kind of being uh, isolated from each other and uh being on a lockdown and social distancing things get weirder like you know we we just don't uh, i i don't really i don't i don't know where the normalcy or the common sense kind of has gone literally it's gone down the drains almost i'm not saying everybody has lost the common sense but almost you know uh we kind of uh 
uh, we're literally not using common sense in most of the things that I see. And it's just like, uh, how is this happening? Like, you know, where has the common sense gone? Maybe it's because of the lockdown. That's what I believe. Because sometimes when you're not kind of... Uh, uh, they say empty minds make a lot of noise. Empty ve- uh, empty vessels make a lot of noise. So maybe that's the reason. Because how did we get to arguing over face mask, over wearing a face mask? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. You know, how we landed to arguing over face mask. You know, some of them says that wearing a face mask makes them, uh, mask makes them look weak. Some of them says they feel like a coward if they're wearing a um face mask and then some of them says that it it is against their freedom like what freedom are you talking about man that mask is going to help you is going to prevent you from catching the infections we that has given us so much of trouble has put down on a in a lockdown for about four months now you know it's not only going to protect you it's also going to protect others so i don't know what is this weakness and cowards and freedom and some people talking about psychological manipulation of people are really doing by psychologically manipulating your mind uh and uh forcing you to wear a mask like no one is doing it for god's sake like where's the common sense gone literally i just don't get it you know um it's all about wearing a mask as protection for yourself or everybody. It's so common sense. It's like a mask which will prevent all those fluids from jumping out from your mouth, from your nose, etc. You know? So why is common sense become so so expensive today? Like, you know, it's become so expensive that no one wants to just kind of uh, 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 kind of have it, you know? I just don't get it. Um, uh, so, um, and then, um, some of them, you know, who are like, uh, uh, they don't make a, they don't make noise about wearing a mask. Like they don't want to wear it. They're wearing a mask where they're only covering their mouth, like namesake, but the, but the nose is all open. Hey man, you got to cover your mouth and your nose. Like I literally am afraid of going in front of a person who's not wearing a mask. I don't approach someone without a mask. Because they say that, you know, say for instance, I have the virus, I have the coronavirus, okay, and I don't wear a mask. Uh, there is a possibility of 70% possibility of me infecting another person, for sure, who's another person who's not wearing a mask, for sure, that's happening. And if uh, they also say that if, say for instance, I have uh, the coronavirus and I wear a mask, the probab the probability of of transferring the virus from me to someone who's not wearing a mask is just five percent. Just imagine that I have the virus. I'm wearing a mask. Okay, the probability of giving someone else the infection from me to someone else not wearing a mask is five percent. And if that person wears a mask. And I also wear a mask and I'm infected. The probability of transferring the virus to that other person wearing a mask is about drops to 1.5%. So why? Like, why won't we wear one? You know, it's so great. Imagine dropping to 1.5% if both of us are wearing a mask and one of us has, has an infection. So these, these, there's nothing, no one is taking away anybody's freedom. Like, I don't get that, you know, and making you feel weak or, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
mentally manipulating you you know um uh, it just doesn't make sense it's just scientific it's scientifically proven to uh, be effective so why not do it guys like you know for those who are uh, i'm watching those videos which are circulating all across and i'm like what the fuck is this like what is happening why is it really uh uh why are people really uh having so much trouble wearing a mask and it's not about breathing or anything it's just that you know uh uh it's just that emotional kind of reaction that is uh that is gotten from this you know so how did we really get there i have no idea um and that to uh no country on the face the, on the face of the earth is making any fuss about wearing a mask it's just this one kind it's just the united states that that you know you see these uh, this this thing about uh not wanting to wear a mask for all the cra- crazy reasons so i really don't get it you know then how did we get to uh how did we get to actually uh talking about uh the way someone drinks water you know i know it can be a little uh uh maybe we're doing it for comedy or whatever but you know making a big issue a polit- of a person you know not talking about policies not talking about laws or legal things nothing but talking about the way he drinks water whether he uses one hand uh out of a glass whether it is using one hand or whether he use both his hands it's like what are we doing you know and then you talk about another se- the same 70 year old man the way he walks down the ramp like he was shaky you know he suff and then you uh, you kind of promote some diseases like parkinsons and dementia what about those people who are really suffering from these diseases you know so it's really crazy actually watching on television respected journalists uh making a mockery about how uh how people walk down the ramp how people drink water this is supposed to be something that uh comedians need to do comics need to do maybe uh while they're doing some stand up or um you know uh an open mic or whatever it's not the job uh it's not the job of uh, journalist you know of mainstream media journalists talking about it like it's 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 insane at least for me it's just insane uh to watch uh, to watch that happening on ma- uh, mainstream media where journalists are talking about how the 70 year 70 plus year old man drinks water he uses both his hands and so he's suffering from some kind of disease he walks down the ramp all shaky and therefore he's suffering from some disease like where where are you talking about policies that's your job you're talking about you're supposed to be talking about policies and laws and things like that not about how he walks and how he talks and uh how he drinks water for out of a glass that's a job of some of a comic leave it for them you know uh so that that's that's really insane so how did we get there basically how did we get here you know how are we talking about things that don't really matter that too on mainstream media i shouldn't be laughing uh while i'm watching news um on television i should be laughing when i listen to a comic making a joke you know mainstream media you're supposed to be serious with your content okay it's crazy i just don't know how we get there you know tell me uh 
Tell me love isn't true It's just something that we do Yeah, yeah Tell me everything I'm not But don't ever tell me to stop Tell me love isn't true It's just something that we do Tell me everything I'm not But please don't tell me to stop Please don't Please don't Please don't tell me to stop Don't you ever tell me Love isn't true just so what are we doing with coronavirus you know as i said i just i was literally like you know i can't i can't um i can't really think of how long this is taking like no one ever thought it's going to take so long you know we said okay fine we'll do everything that's possible maybe in one to two months we go back to normal but hey man it's almost four months and um globally there are about uh there are about five hundred thousand deaths already uh, the number of people who have recovered about five and a half million, which is, I think, a little bit better. But the number of infections globally passes 10 million, all already has passed about 10 million, which is a lot, you know. So there's no, the, uh, uh, we can't really see that things are getting any better. And that's what is pissing us off, you know, like how long? Like I can see that from March 15th or whenever the shutdown happened, what is what is getting better no idea like in india you know uh, they started off uh, the railways and a few restaurants in india they opened up but uh, it seems um, as they slowly opened like in the phase one or whatever uh, the infection started increasing and then they had to close again so now all everything is just closed back again in Brazil, cases have been increasing. In in the United States, I believe it's also increasing, especially in uh, the southern states like Arizona, Texas. Um, China, I believe, uh, there's a second wave. Now, all these countries like India, the United States, Brazil, it's, we're still in the first phase altogether. But in China, I believe it's a second wave um, in Beijing, which is really, really uh, scary, man. And Beijing is uh, is a very crowded city. So I just wonder how they're really doing because, and again, it seems the eruption of the second wave, uh, it came out from a meat and fish market where 100 cases were uh, were found there in a wholesale meat and fish market. So it, it just seems like fish and fish and meat markets where you know meat and is like open out there that can be really dangerous that's what i feel because everything in china is related to these you know all the eruptions of these cases happen in these meat and fish markets so it seems beijing that's the second wave erupted and about already around 100 cases and it seems they've kind of uh, closed everything down again in beijing making sure the lockdown is really really tough for in each household just one person is allowed to get out of the house every day like just one time every day you can't uh, you can't go out um, more than once and that's that's how strict the lockdown is and here we are making fusses of wearing a mask you know at least we can go out whenever we want you know but uh, 
in Beijing, it's, it's really strict after they found these 100 cases. And now they're just kind of monitoring maybe in another 14 days. We'll come to know whether uh, the second wave is going to be is going to be a really tough one uh, for Beijing. You know, it'd be as bad as the first wave. No idea. So another 14 days. Imagine the United States, India, we are still, uh, we're still in the first wave. So imagine, like, how long is this going to take, man? It started in, it started in China, like, somewhere in uh, December. And uh, it's already going to be July now. The beginning of July. Hey man, what's happening? And then I was watching uh, an interview by Dr. Fauci. Like I call him Fauci. <laughs> so if you're not Italian, and if you're not well-versed with Italian pronunciations, you would definitely call Dr. Fauci a Fauci. Like me, I did it for the first time, and then I got the pronunciation right by listening to how they really pronounce it. But like a laymanish kind of person, like me, I'm too laymanish. I'm too 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 much a nobody. Doctor Fauci would definitely be pronounced as Fauci, you know. Anyway, now he's such a big guy, you know. He's a physician, an immunologist. He's a director of the National Institution of um, Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Now imagine a guy with that stature and 40 years of dealing with viral outbreaks. He, someone so, so huge, you know, in the industry. Now he has said that he's not seen a virus like this, like the coronavirus in his lifetime of 40 years of serving. He says it is one, uh, uh, it is one that has a wide range of symptoms from uh, ranging from no symptoms at all. Some people require ventilators. Some people have no symptoms at all. Some of them spend weeks in the hospital before they are discharged and some of them end up dying. So he's never seen a virus that is so complicated. You know, that's what he said. And he has 40 years of experience. He's a director. He's a physician. He's a immunologist. And he says that he's never come across such a, uh, such a virus in his lifetime. So that's how scary this virus is, you know. It, and that too, it's not giving one kind of results for everybody. It is ranging from some people having no symptoms, some people requiring ventilators, some people spend week, spending weeks in the hospital, some of them end up dying. And then he also says that he's cautiously optimistic about a vaccine coming out by the end of December. So I was like, what the hell is cautiously optimistic really mean? And all it means is he's confident, hopeful that something will come out, a vaccine will come out, you know, officially by December, the early, very early 2021. But at the same time, he also recognizes the problems involved and the difficulties of failure, of it not happening. So that's why he says cautiously optimistic. I wish he could just say optimistic, you know, but no, cautiously optimistic. So Imagine, man, how long, how long is this going, going to go on? And Dr. Dr. Fauci, with so much of experience, if he says this, what are we going to do? And then a World Health Organization, uh, um, Dr. Tadros, he says, and I was like, you know, when he said that the vaccine may come out in a month or something, when I read that somewhere, I said, let me just see the, uh, the date of this article. And the date of the article is the 26th of June. I thought it was like, you know, six months back. So on, if on 26th of June, which was like two to three days back, two days back, 
you're going to say like uh, uh, the World Health Organization chief, Dr. Tedros, says that the vaccine would come out in a month, in a year's time from now. Like, what are we supposed to think about? Like, you know, what are we going to do? I'm just confused. I'm tired. And I'm so desperate for everything to just come back to normal. I don't know what you... I'm sure everybody feels like that. Because um, the problem is we're not getting a very concrete uh, thing on anything. Everything is cautiously... Everything is cautiously optimistic. Nothing is like, yeah, 100%. You know, it's going to happen. So, uh, like the song, you know, that I was singing, Madonna. Madonna. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't tell me to stop. But everything is stopped, man. Like, I'm literally, I'm literally crying and we all are crying. Please don't tell us to stop. But hey, man, how? Like, you know. Tell me love isn't true. It's just something that we do. <laughs> Tell me everything I'm not. But please don't tell me to stop. But everything is on a stop right now. Hey man, everything's on the stop right now. What are we going to do? What are we going to do, man? What are we going to do? What are we going to do when the pigs come to you? I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Anyways, uh, one good thing that has happened is, of course, the Black Lives uh, Matter movement. I believe it's bringing about a lot of changes in attitudes, behavior, reflections. People are reflecting about what they've done in the past. They're kind of uh, they're realizing there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of introspection happening, which is really good. The Black Lives Movement is not only a is a Black Lives Matter uh, movement has not only changed America because it started here. It has changed the world in many ways. Like for instance, in India. You know, there's this, uh, there's this cream, uh, there's this uh, moisturizer or a cream which is called Fair and Lovely. Now, it's that that particular cream was launched like 40 to 50 years back or something, uh, 40 years I think back, and very popular brand in India. Uh, it's basically uh, marketed as a skin lightening product, skin lightening product. It's called the Fair and Lovely. So what it does is actually in the brand name. Uh, uh, where um, the brand actually all its advertisements and you know whatever it did and its marketing branding promotions etc for the past 40 years it promoted it by equating fair skin with beauty that's what it did throughout all 40 years but the black lives movement you know black lives matter movement changed that in india okay now the blm movement is something that happened in the united states okay and you you may think that it's only changing uh, India. No, it's it's a global movement. It's a global movement. So that BLM movement, actually, Fair and Lovely brand, uh, there were many petitions in India that were sent out on change.org. And 
and um, many petitions signed telling forcing the brand fair and lovely uh, which is uh, which is manufactured by a company called unilever uh, so uh, forcing the brand to change the name you know change the name or kind of uh, just shell the brand uh, and um, to which uh, based on the petitions that they received thousands and thousands of uh, people signed that petition and finally the company has decided to remove the fair in its uh, in its product name so it's not it's it's called fair and lovely now they're going to take off the fair and they're going to change it to something i don't know what it would be uh, so maybe they're still hunting and i've just i was just reading it uh, about how they've kind of uh, uh, they're already ready with the brand name uh, let's see what it is it's still a secret I would probably uh, call it uh, you don't need me product, you know. Why do you need a product that basically uh, sells and uh, sells on lightning, skin lightning product, you know. So I wonder how they're going to market it because for 40 years they marketed that fair and lovely tube, you know, as a skin lightening product equating fair skin with beauty. All the advertisements were about shade cards, you know. They showed a woman go from... Um, from weedish to a little light, little light, little light, and then really light in four weeks. That's what their um, brand uh, promoted uh, for the last 40 years. So I wonder what they're going to do, really do to make it look different. I have no clue at all. But yes, the BLM movement uh, has forced Unilever in India to remove the fair from its brand name. And uh, it looks, it's pretty much symbolic very symbolic but it's a great decision because you know when uh this would uh encourage many of the cosmetic manufacturers and all the beauty industry that equates uh skin lightening and glow etc with uh, with beauty maybe everything will change you know so when a young girl tomorrow goes to a, a cosmetic uh, shop she's not going to see all brands out there uh, that promise to lighten skin and think that that's what beauty is all about, about light skin, you know? That young girl, when she goes there uh, tomorrow, she will think that any color is beautiful. You know, you don't need to be, you don't need to be of a particular shade to look beautiful. So that's what I, I'm saying, you know? The BLM movement has really changed a, a lot for people all across the world. And that was one example of how, what it did to in India. And um, so, and many companies, it seems, uh, they're using, um, they're going to do that. I mean, the fashion industry, it seems, which sold on skin, skinny, skin and bones, you know, kind of models uh, as healthy, uh, when actually those models are actually anorexic, exec, they, they, they kind of, they're really, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a healthy body. That's going to change as well, you know, so. It's it's good to see that changing, uh, which I was seeing. Calvin Klein, I believe, uh, the po the poster of uh, uh, inclusion, you know, poster of uh, of a transgender woman on those huge hoardings. That's what I saw recently. That's a change. The BLM movement has actually brought about a lot of change, not only for black people, but for people, uh, um, for the LGBT community for uh, people all across the world for minorities all across the world for people with uh, who are poor as well 
you know, for the infringed community. So that is really a great movement. And that's what I believe in. You know, something that makes a global change is something that is worth giving that attention. Uh, but another thing about the BLM movement, uh, which I also noticed about uh, how white actors uh, in Hollywood are dropping out from playing black characters. Uh, like, for instance, I was just listening. I just heard about Jenny Slate, who dropped out from playing the character Missy on the animated TV show Big Mouth. Now, I have no idea what Big Mouth is. I have no idea of the character Missy, but I know Jenny Slate. Okay, I've heard of her. So that's what I, that was breaking. And then I believe The Simpsons, we all know, uh, will also not have white actors playing black character. But my problem with this is, this is, this is Hollywood. This is about acting. Of course, you need to take people from different color, uh, colors, background, cultures, etc. Well, you need to have equal representation. But having an actor drop out because she is white and uh, not play a black character is very different from, you know, the Red Chief dropping out from his position to offer to a black person. Now, these are different. Uh, if that is what they're trying to do, uh, you know, um, uh, I have no idea. I do have no idea whether that's a kind of uh, they were influenced. You know, the Hollywood was influenced by Reddit Chief's uh, decision, but that is business, okay? And this is Hollywood. Now, when it comes to acting, you're a good actor when you can do something that you are not. You're basically acting. So, if a white actor can play a black character, that means she's she or he's a versatile actor. You need to be a good actor to be able to play something that you are not. So by Jenny Slate saying that she's dropping out from playing a black character, it's not giving an opportunity to explore her talent, you know. That's what I feel. Like I, playing an Indian character, uh, I'm just playing myself, you know. I'm Indian. Hey, I'm just playing myself. It's easy, you know. But if I play... Uh, someone uh, say uh, an Asian um, an East Asian character or um, if I could play um, a character or maybe uh, an animated character for white woman you know where I'm not shown as face but I can do it uh, through my voice then that is talent that means I'm talented you know I'm versatile. I can play any character given to me. So when Re the Reddit chief gave his position, board position for a black person, that is a different case altogether. That's business. And that's a great decision, you know, wherein you're kind of diversifying the board. But for Hollywood doing that doesn't make sense, you know. Um, that's what I think. I may be wrong. You can educate me if you want to. Uh, and I don't know how this is going to end racism. I don't think it will end racism. Uh, it's just about um, about playing a new character altogether, you know. Say, for instance, you know, um, a pedophile in reality, a person who is a pedophile in real life plays a pedophile in a movie or a television series. He's not acting, basically. He's a pedophile. He's just playing himself. Say, for instance, a person is a comedian in real life and, and he, gets, he gets a movie or a television series where he plays a comic, a stand-up comedian. He's doing the same thing that he does in his professional life. 
and he does the same thing while acting. So he's not a versatile actor. He's just playing himself. So that's not acting. So these are just examples. Educate me if you think that I'm just gone bonkers and I'm not, uh, I'm not thinking correctly. Just educate me and I would love to learn. Uh, and then, you know, there's this whole talk, topic about um, uh, this cultural appropriation. Uh, um, when, where people are like against it, you know, people are, uh, they talk about how uh, the adoption uh, of an element, you know, as per the definition, it's the adoption of an element or elements of, uh, of one culture by... Um, uh, of someone else's of a someone else's culture that you don't belong to so i don't understand why it is bad because you know we are kind of uh, when we when we adopt someone's cultures dressing style social standards beliefs and traditions and laws etc i believe it's all about appreciating a culture because if someone wears a sari which is an indian uh, indian, indian indian culture they wear a sari. So if someone wears a sari and walks down the street, I would be like on seventh heaven because I would say, wow, man, you know, uh, I would take it as an appreciation, as a compliment that someone's wearing something that um, belongs to my tradition. I, I don't understand what culture, why, why is it appropriation? Why, why we, we call it, uh, we treat it as an exploitation of someone's culture. It's not bad, you know. There's nothing. Of course, I get it when uh, when you wear someone's culture as a costume, you know, at Halloween or whatever. That is bad. That is exploitation. That is making fun of it. But if someone's uh, uh, if someone's uh, adopting or you know, if I'm learning a new language, now of course that is no, no, not considered appropriation. But learning a new language is learning someone's culture. And if that can be appreciated, then why not the dressing style? Why not their social standards, their beliefs or traditions? Why why do we why do we consider that as exploitation, appropriation? You know, uh, that's what my question is. So, uh, I believe that uh, I would love I would love uh, that we you know because. The more we learn about each other, the more we learn about sharing values, sharing economics, sharing versions of each other. You know, we we'll, uh, we'll learn much more from each other. So, of course, there's a fine line. You can't do a few things. But at the same time, you know, why not? You can't just put people in their own boxes. Like, you know, there are some boxes, those forms that you fill up online. And those boxes, okay, what is your, uh, which, uh, uh, which race do you belong to? Asian, Caucasian, uh, African-American. And then uh, there are some options and you put them and you have to tick those boxes. Hispanic and whatever. You, need to, you can't put people in those boxes. I think that also should be stopped, those online forms that are available. You can't pe put people in their boxes and say, this is how you're supposed to be. You can't emulate or do something from another culture, which is really, really sad. And we're never going to learn from each other. And that's why racism increases because, you know, we're just putting each, uh, all of us in our own boxes and we don't want to learn from each other and we then give this term and we give them we give it a name called cultural appropriation when all it is is cultural appreciation you know that's why i think i have no i have no uh i know many people would 
jump on it saying that, hey man, that's not the right thinking. But educate me, man. Educate me why it's not, uh, why we are just isolating ourselves by the, uh, isolating ourselves by giving something like learning each other's cultures and, you know, kind of uh, learning each other's cultures and kind of, uh, you know, using it and as exploitation where in fact it is respecting we should look at it as some respecting each other's culture rather than appropriation um, and we sh- i don't think we should really isolate ourselves from each other's culture put, put put each other in those boxes you know that's what i believe but hey man but hey man but hey man you might think that i'm wrong so just educate me you can write to me at to nobody podcast at gmail.com or you can DM me on my Twitter handle at M E A R L C O L A C O and please educate me. Tell me, tell me, love isn't true, it's just something that we do, yeah, yeah. Tell me everything I'm not, but don't ever tell me to stop. Tell me love isn't true, it's just something that we do. Tell me everything I'm not, but Please don't tell me to stop. Please don't. (laughs) Please don't. Please don't tell me to stop. My God, this whole world is on a standstill. Coronavirus has really put the entire globe on a standstill, you know. Like literally, if you could say one place on this earth that is... uh, is uh, is available to move around freely and do your stuff not a single one not a single one it's been four months i have no idea just on a stop please don't tell me to stop but we are on a stop anyway okay so i'm sitting on the flow and uh, it feels good. I, I love, you know, I, I get that. Why I sit on the, on the ground, uh, on the floor, is because I get that uh, there's a lot of free space. I can move around my hands, legs, etc. So it feels really nice. It feels free. And that's why I'm always on the ground whilst recording. Really feels great, man. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. Anyways, for all you people who are kind of designers and, you know, uh, have a little scientific knowledge, a little bit of physics, you can get an opportunity to actually design a loo. A, that's, I mean, a toilet for NASA. Because NASA is looking for designers who can design a whole-fledged toilet uh, which uh, can be used uh, uh, for the moon, you know, or that can be used on the moon. So, um because I believe, uh, you know, they're going to send astronauts uh, to the moon by 2024. That's about like four years from now. That's the goal um, by NASA. Uh, now, you, as you know, the gravity on the moon is one-sixth that of the Earth. So imagine uh, designing a toilet uh, that would be able to, uh, where you could pee, poop, uh, and, it doesn't, uh, and it doesn't fly by, you know. It just kind of sucks off your pee and poop. 
because right now I believe they're using, uh, of course, the P. It gets uh, it gets pulled out through a vacuum, and they have these huge, uh, uncomfortable toilets. But uh, I think they poop in a in uh, in a bag or. Um, they wear diapers. Uh, that's what I've heard. I have. Yeah, I believe they use. They use. They wear adult diapers. Space diapers. Uh, so yeah. So you can design a toilet for NASA, uh, which will work on the moon. And uh, the requirement basically for the design is uh, it should accommodate both men and women. It should conserve water, so it's environmentally friendly. It should be free of odor. It. Um, and it should be able to capture vomit. So I believe there's a lot of vomiting that happens in space without, uh, so you can vomit without requiring to put your head in the toilet. That's another requirement. Then this toilet that anyone wants to design should be able to accommodate a crew of two people at the same time and uh, should also be able to transfer a waste to um, to storage or dispose, disposal outside the uh, outside. Um, outside the toilet so that's what it uh, the requirements as per NASA for the designer then it should make less noise and it should be less than um, it should use less than 70 watts of power so I believe there's a little physics requirement there uh, it should weigh about uh, 15 kgs that is about 33 pounds um, as per the earth's uh, thing so uh, so that's what the requirement is. I believe uh, it should be, it's like if you look at it, uh, like 15 kgs and about 4.2 cubic feet volume. So it's like a small refrigerator, typical small mini refrigerator, I think like in the hotels or whatever. It's a real small one that they want. So these are requirements. NASA's actually serious about it. They're giving three winners uh, prizes. Like the first winner gets $20,000. The second winner gets $10,000. And the third winner gets about $5,000. And the deadline is August 17th. Um, and the winner uh, will be announced on October uh, of this year. So um, build a loot challenge, man. Imagine you're going to build a toilet. So if you know a little bit of physics, you know, to keep up with the uh with the uh you know the the gravity part of it which would take care of the weight part of it and the amount of electricity that it uses and the amount of water that it uses and if you have a little design technology uh, technique you know you could design the next lunar loo um uh, which is brilliant you know uh, and i believe it just uh, so no more bulky space diapers that they usually wear or big shuttle toilets that they uh that they have they currently use they want something that is really uh, technically advanced and also environmentally friendly and then you can also win a prize you know so i believe uh, remember august 17th so about july august so about less than two months from now you know so go to the nasa website because i checked it out i don't have any kind i cannot i can't design anything you know i can't design a loo i can't design a toilet but that's what uh, NASA is looking at so apply immediately if you can you know you never know you could just do it man the lunar loo imagine imagine if uh, imagine if uh, you can really design that you know and your name would be on that loo and then it'll go and then it'll go on uh, it'll be sitting on the moon and uh, you know you become famous how great is that big thing man it's a big, it's a big deal, you know?
It's a big deal. It's a big deal. So, by August seventeenth,、uh, it's a few,、uh, few days from now. Anyways, that's all that I had、uh, for today, and.、Uh, <laughs> That's all that I had for today.、Uh, don't forget if you want to, and I want to really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening, guys.、Uh, I really appreciate it. Believe me, from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to write me at write to me at read at、uh, justanobodypodcast at gmail dot com. That's my email address, and of course, my Twitter handle is at. M e a r l c o l a c o. That's where you can write to me if you want to kind of direct message me. And write makes sense when you do that, you know, because these days people just write crap, creepy stuff. Like, don't do that, you know. Don't do that. Anyways, that's all that I wanted to talk with you about.、Uh, talk to you,、uh, you know,、uh, this week. I hope you kind of.、Uh, Kind of enjoyed it, you know. I don't expect, I don't have great expectations because I'm just a nobody, man. But thank you so much for listening for the little bit that you have listened. Anyways, I wanted to play、uh, Madonna, Madonna's、uh, "Don't Tell Me." I love the song, man. I love the cowboy.、Um, it's like a cowboy song, you know.、Uh, and I love the pop. Uh, Uh, pop kind of inclusion in the song that she's given. So let's listen to this. I'll be on the other side. Yeah, just hang in there, man. Hang in, yeah. Okay. Tell the bed not to lay like a open mouth of a grave. Yeah, yeah. Like a. Half done on its knees. Whoa, Madonna! That is Madonna, man. But don't tell me. But we have to stop probably, you know, for a short while. After, I hope we find the vaccine. Hope every、uh, everything just gets back to normal very soon. That's what I'm praying really hard. Anyways, that's all I had for this Sunday.、Uh, don't forget to tune in next Sunday. Until then, baby, bye, 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 bye.